When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now let's get to Alonzo, because in game two of this series, Pete Alonzo, right after, you know, the whole thing with the throw it again, throw it again, which I ripped them for. But I think I was being a little emotional, too, because it was right after the game. The more I think about it, whatever. Pete gets drilled by Charlie Morton. It's not on purpose or anything, but you could tell right out way this is trouble. The way Pete looked, the pain, the anguish in his face. And then the immediacy of him coming out of the game. We are right now in a moment where the Pete Alonzo wrist injury could be one of those epic injuries we talk about for years. And I'll tell you why. They give him a CAT scan in the middle of the game, which I know doesn't always tell you if there's a break or not, or if there's a fracture or not. But we get good news in the midst of the game. Hey, scan came back. All good. X-rays look good. He's day-to-day. That's step one. So we're like, great. All right, he'll miss a game or two. He should be back. Pete has missed very few games in his med career. Then we get to Thursday, the finale of this series, and we're notified that Pete's going back to New York to get an MRI. Immediately, you get your run-of-the-mill, don't they have MRI machines in Atlanta tweets? Which, I get it. But, we hear he's going back to New York, and it's like, oh, crap. He's going back to New York to get an MRI? This is not good. So now it's shifting towards bad news, but Buck Showalter, our favorite manager, decides to say, yeah, we're, doing, we're going to New York, MRI precaution. I hope he's in the lineup, or I, I don't know if it's hope or expect. He should be in the lineup tomorrow. Well, hold on a second. He's going to New York for an MRI. You're not sure. Maybe there's a fracture on this wrist. We don't know. He could be back in the lineup one day later, a fly out to Pittsburgh. Everything's going to be fine. That's a little bit of a warning sign. Now, we're distracted throughout the game because, hey, Pete's not playing. Mets are trying to win. It was a crazy, crazy finale of this series. By the way, I thought Vientos defensively looked okay at first base. He had that one slight bobble on a potential double play. Outside of that, I thought he looked okay. Now, with the game over, Bucks asked about Pete Alonso, and Buck says, I'm going to defer to Billy Epler. I don't think they have all the information gathered yet completely. Now, maybe when you listen to this, Rico, we will have the information, but I can tell you right now, this is starting to scare the crap out of me. This is starting to feel, uh-oh, this could be far worse than we thought. And this is why the Yankees, I'm going to give the Yankees credit for something. This is why they don't want to tell you anything about Aaron Judge's foot. Here's why. If they tell you it's not a big deal, and then it turns out to be a big deal, we're going to crucify them. Well, I'll tell you right now. If this Alonzo thing turns out to be a fracture, a break, whatever it is, and he's missing an extended period of time, obviously it sucks. I don't think Charlie Morton threw at him, and it's a big blow to the Mets, but we're going to start to be angry at the messaging. We're going to be angry about, x-ray came back, he's fine. We're going to be angry about, 
Yeah, he's going to New York, precautionary, should be in the lineup tomorrow. We're going to be angry about all that. And that's why with injuries, as much as it drives us all nuts, sometimes they're better off not saying anything. (laughs) Because if they say something and it turns out to be far worse, we're all going to be pissed. And so, yeah, I think our brain goes to a place of, can they survive without Pete? How would this lineup look without Pete? Who's getting most of the at-bats at first base without Pete? Certainly in day one, really the first two games without Pete, the offense has been okay. I mean, they've scored 15 runs in two games, but that's short-lived. At the end of the day, he's the best slugger in baseball. And to not have him in this lineup, which is not something we're used to because we've been spoiled by Pete, he goes out and plays every day. That's one thing about Pete Alonso. He plays every day. He has missed so few games in his major league career. But right now, we're staring into the abyss of Pete Alonso missing a significant period of time. And guess what? Considering the way this season is going, why would anybody be surprised? Like everything that could go wrong has screwed us in the derriere. Well, that's why I I, I kind of had that feeling once once Nimmo hit that home run and and the the bats just started to come alive in that second inning, and I just got the sense then I'm like. Pete Alonso is going to be out for a while, and they know this. And this, it's like a fire got lit. It's almost like in hockey when they pull the goalie, uh, you know, the starting goalie and the backup comes in, and all of a sudden, you know, the the offense goes crazy and you score six go- goals because you know you have you have to step up now. I think that's literally what's happening. And that that sucks if that's what it took for this offense to, like, light a fire – that Pete Alonso is going to be out for who knows how long for them to get going. That's a terrible reason. I'm happy to see it, but it's terrible. You know, you are right that sometimes when key guys go down, you get that like week or two where everybody steps up and you overcome it. It's tough to do it for a long period of time because if you lose a great player, you lost a great player. So that does happen sometimes. I don't know if that means anything that the Mets know or Brandon Nimmo knows or anybody knows, but you are right because I remember that in years past with like Piazza would go down and for a couple of days, everything's great. Everything's fine. I I don't have like an obvious answer to how you replace those at-bats. Obviously, you could simply play Mark Fientos at first base uh, and what that could do is open up Ronnie Mauricio because Ronnie's back. Ronnie had an ankle scare. He was in the lineup for Syracuse in on Thursday. He went over three, but he was in the lineup, and I think that's the most important thing. But you could call him up, play McNeil in left, and have Mark Canna and Mark Viento split first base. So even though Mauricio is not a first baseman, he could actually benefit at bat-wise from Alonzo being down because right now you only have three guys on this team, correct me if I'm wrong, who really – could or have played first base. Mark Vientos, Mark Canna, and I guess Daniel Vogelback. He hasn't done it here, but he's played first base. The other guy who's played a little first base, actually, because now, now it's starting to come clear, is I think Eduardo Escobar has actually played a little bit of first base, briefly. Uh, I guess you could stick one of the catchers at first base, but they don't have a real first baseman. Like, all those names I mentioned are not first basemen. They're guys who can play first base. So it's not ideal. Well, first of all, just the, the Vogelback thing, I looked it up. He did play first base five games last year. They were all losses, and they were for an inning each. 
as a man. <laughs> so it wasn't a great run that he had. It was more like a blowout. Just put him at first base. We'll figure it out. Um, but one thing I, I do want to say, and, and I got, I'm going to kill you on it. Like somebody, uh, somebody tried to get me to do today on air. Go ahead. And, and it's, this is actually nothing that we've ever talked about before, but I question the defensive scheme of this New York Mets team. We've always talked about how, or, or, Billy Epler and Buck have always talked about the fundamentals and the defense. And by moving McNeil to left field, it, it, it's too many flashbacks of, of Daniel Murphy. And Beatty at third base is not flawless. And now Alonzo might be out for a while. So we're going to have somebody else stuck at first base. And Marte is injured or something's wrong where he's just playing a crappy right field where he's letting balls get behind yeah. him and he's just being lazy. And Nimmo is not as awesome as he was last year. That's whatever. But you're putting now a ton of people in spots that are all over the place. And I want to see Mauricio, but to add somebody else to that too, now I'm like scratching my head like, what the hell are we doing? Look, if you want to value defense, and I respect that, by the way, because the Met defense has been bad over the last month. I know Jeff McNeil had a very rough night in game two of this series when he bobbled the ball five times. He had the bad relay throw or raw through to the wrong base. I think that was the opener of the series. I'm trying to get all these uh, brutal losses straight in my head. So McNeil has not played a great left field. I don't think he's bad left field in general, but he hasn't played a great left field. But then you factor in Beatty at third base, someone unknown at first base, uh, Mauricio, whose reports have not been great at second. Marte, who's gone backwards and right, you're right. So if you want to value defense, one of the guys that has to come back, maybe to replace Alonzo on this roster, is Luis Giorme. Because one thing about him is he's great defensively. So if you're sticking McNeil in left, but Giorme is playing second base, you're improving your defense. If Alonzo goes on the IL, that is. Because otherwise, unless you just get rid of Vogelback, which I know has been the big talking point, and I'm not against it, because I do think he's useless. He's he's not even really a first baseman. Like he hasn't played. He's played first base, but he's barely done it here. If honestly, I was on Baseball Reference, I don't even see the record of him playing first base here. He he played. It was five individual games last year in July or, or August. I thought it was. I thought it was. I see it Mets. with the Pirates. I do not see it with the Mets. That's okay, where I'm so looking. I see. I see Daniel Vogelback never playing first base for the Mets. And to your point playing five innings of first base with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So then you got to go back to 2021, where, in fairness, he started 52 games at first base. But that's zero in 2022, and so far zero in 2023. So while he's a first baseman, he hasn't done it in a while. And Buck always talks about defensive versatility. He offers you zero defensive versatility. He don't play defense. He has never played a position for the New York Mets. So I, I think... If you're looking at internal options to replace Pete Alonso right now, it's probably it's probably Vientos. You could go Cano with the reasons I mentioned and have McNeil play the outfield and then either Eduardo Escobar, Luis Guillorme, Ronnie Mauricio play second base. Those are your options, but it's not good. It's a big drop-off. And despite how bad Vientos looked in the finale of this series, I'm still on board for a while. that He's just got to play every day. Like he's just got to be out there, and there will be a time, we'll all come to that time differently, when we say, okay, enough's enough. I'm not there yet. I don't think that's fair. As bad as he looked in the finale of this series to say enough's enough, he's got to play. 
And with Alonzo potentially out for a period of time, it opens up even more opportunities for him to play. Well, I mean, again, when he struck out to in the first inning or whatever it was, uh, or second inning, whatever it was in a big spot already, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, if he only had more at-bats already to the season, because he's been up for what, like four weeks now, three, four weeks? He had 32 bats coming into today. Like, he's just not playing enough. So I'm not saying he would have hit a home run or he would have gotten a base hit because of the experience, but he needs to get run. You got to stop benching yep. the guy. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. 